Hello, beautiful people in podcast land. Welcome all to another amazing episode of the Authors Podcast. I am Bella Bliss, your host, and I am an author in a book of 30 amazing female authors called Unleash Her. Just saying. Grabbed a book, grabbed a book. Oh my goodness. I just had an amazing talk with Hasina Patel. And we talked all about the Akashic Records and the Claire's. Are you familiar with the Claire's? Claire's like clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient, claircognizant, etc. So it's a lot of big mystery for people and sometimes people don't even believe in it right but we do know and all of you know that you have intuition and we focus on all subjects around women empowerment about our exposure to the world and also our perception I love also that we talked about cultural differences as well. As being a native, I am Asian of Chinese descent. I am in California. I am a native Californian. And so are my parents. And so happens that hers was the same. She is South African. She is a native. South African, her parents as well, but they have an Indian descent. Isn't that interesting? And we also went to a school that was multi, uh, how do you call it? Ethnicity with the different backgrounds, the different ethnic backgrounds. And since she's from South Africa, there were schools that were non-white. And she found that that was such a gift. And so did I. I grew up in California. And I know a lot of people think that we have diversity here. It's not everywhere that we have diversity. And in particular, the schools that were surrounding where I went, they were not all diverse as as we were. For, For me, I could look back at my high school, uh, what do you call it, yearbook. (laughs) We just had a reunion, so I was thinking at a reunion. But yeah, all the people from the school, all different colors, all different backgrounds, all different sizes, shapes, everything, right? And it was so lovely, especially the cultures. It's so fun to have different perspectives And that's one of the things that we talked about today. So regardless whether you feel that you have a higher power, but your higher power, you may not call God, you may call, you know, something else, or I would refer to universe or source. But really what we talked about was our connection and our connection from within. And just the knowing that we have this innate. So it's we were born with our own inner wisdom. And that comes to us through the intuition. And it also comes to us in the way that we accept what we're feeling. Because in hindsight, I know all of us have had red flags. And we're like, damn it, I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, then we beat ourselves up, right? So it's like feelings on top of feelings or choices that weren't the best choices. But to be honest with you, that is the best thing to do is to be honest with you. And rather than looking outside for answers or things, start looking from within because we have this incredible way that we could solve problems. All of us are problem solvers. It's sometimes 
taking ourselves out of the victim mode and becoming our own hero. Or we call taking ourselves out of victim and become a victor for ourselves. But that all comes with the alignment. The body, mind, spirit, soul alignment. You've heard of that. And you may even practice that. But how we do that is different for all of us. So we need to find something that works. Now, what's interesting is that I speak about personality, right? The more you learn your personality, the better you are going to be able to be in touch with yourself and in turn, be able to communicate with others. Once you learn your personality and also others, we have more compassion with ourselves for others. We have better communication. We have better relationships. We have a better life when we are aligned and we are connected from within. We also talked about raising your vibration. I am all about raising our vibration, right? Because with that, your body releases, I call them the happy drugs. So that's the serotonin, the oxytocin, the dopamine, and the, I always forget the E, the uh, endorphins. I remembered it. I remembered it. So yeah. So when we raise our vibration, so many things expand and we're coming out of a lack and we're going into abundance. And so we do talk about energy. We talk about so many of our superpowers. And if something resonates with you, let us know because we want to know what kinds of things that you're interested in, what you want to know more about. And so she talked about the Akashic Records. And I'm going to let you listen to how she explains that in the episode. But she's also offering a, a, a training or a class for you so that you can learn how to read your own Akashic Records. So she's offering both for her to read your Akashic Records and for her to teach you how to do it on your own. So she is the master of this and uh, she's going to tell about her story and how she came to be and the knowing and the understanding of how Akashic Records are, what they are and how important they are for us in knowing who we are. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy the show. If there's anything that you'd like to reach out to either Hasina or for me, let me know. And uh, well, let's go ahead and get to it. Thank you so much for joining. Kick back, put on the music or, or put on the podcast. If you're viewing it, you can go ahead and view it on Spotify. And we are super excited to have her come on today thank you so much she's coming straight from south africa and uh yeah we are global aren't we and technology is wonderful when we are in control of technology and technology is not in control of us so know yourself love yourself be yourself and let's go ahead and get started all right Ciao. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be Limitless with Bella Bliss. Today I have Hasina Patel and oh, does she have a story to tell? <laughs> we are so excited to have her today and hi Hasina, thank you so much for joining us. Could you please Hello. tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to be on your show, Bella. Um, so I am from South Africa. I'm a healing breakthrough coach, um, author, speaker, yoga instructor, Akashic Records reader, and co-founder of Leave No Girl Behind International. That's so wonderful. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about the Leave No Girl Behind International and what that's about? 
Yes, so this is a um, an organization, a nonprofit that my sister Shamima and I started back in 2013. You know, all my life, I I say I must have come to earth knowing that I wanted equality, especially gender equality, because I felt that as early as three years old, any time there was any gender disparity, which in my years um, as a child in the 80s was, was actually quite common. I felt so deeply about it. So I grew up wanting that gender equality. I mean, I remember as early as 11 years old, my grade six teacher had, she was just joking. And she said, well, the girls are going to learn sewing and the boys are going to learn leatherwork. And I said, well, if someone did that um, to my child at a school, I would sue the school for sexual discrimination. <laughs> and she thought that Yay. was quite funny. I love it. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad she found that funny. Well, I didn't know once it had come out of my mouth, I thought, oh, my word, what did I just say? What came out of my mouth? But she was a wonderful woman. Um, having said that, I grew up and um, I I went into teaching and I taught in many different capacities, one-on-one -on -one homeschooling, tutoring in schools. And I also felt how girls, um, they, they just didn't have that confidence. If there was something that was traditionally uh, done by boys, they would lose that confidence. Like if we were having an empowerment event and they had to do the music and, and you know, deal with the speakers, I would notice that the boys were always more confident than the girls. Yes. So that was something that we really wanted to um, just put into a different perspective for the girls, that gender played no, no part in that. And we then uh, shifted our focus. We had a, a, a focus of, um, you know, gender equality in a lot of different realms, like I believe, well, my sister and I both believe girls should have access to free sanitary pads. If they're free condoms in the bathrooms mm. um, all over South Africa, then girls should oh, have wow. free sanitary pads. Because sex, like someone once said, and a man said this, sex is a choice. Menstruation is not. <laughs> and it's true. You know, so, so that's what I'm leadership. So yeah. it originally the pads were not available. Um, well, they free. are not. Um, look, for the most part, there there are definitely instances where the government provides sanitary pads um, for girls in various schools where they're underprivileged girls, at risk girls. However. If you look at the practical of it, I know school right here in my town who um, most of the, the children who go there are from childhood households and um, they don't, they're supposed to be getting sanitary pads. Oh. They haven't been coming. So you can say in theory, in some schools it's been provided, but practically no. Oh my goodness. And then also too, I know for the listeners, they may not be able to see you. And uh, also I wanted to bring out the, the different race that you are being in South Africa and how that also affects you also being a woman. <laughs> well, that, that is, um, it, it's something that definitely influenced my growing up because I'm Indian South African. My grandparents on both sides were born from India, but I'm South African. I uh, was born here, grew up here. My parents were here, so wow. I am South African. So mm -hmm. I grew up during apartheid in South Africa um, in the 80s. I was born in 75. I'm 47. So that Definitely. I would have never guessed. <laughs> you look so young. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes. So that definitely affected me. And, um, 
you know, I didn't realize how much it it actually affected one in South Africa because I was blessed to go to a private school in our town run by Dominican sisters. And it was a multiracial school. And oh, wow. Oh, that's exciting. Yep, it definitely was amazing. I always say it was a bit like heaven on earth during mm -hmm. apartheid because I saw what my country could be before, long before it became that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah, it's very interesting because I also went to a multicultural school and we had people who were born here. I, I was born here. I'm here in California in the U.S. Uh, my parents were also born. They were born in San Francisco. And the interesting thing is, is that the little city that I grew up in, it's very similar to what you were saying. It's all different cultures. And there were people who were mixed in the living here in the U.S., born here in the U.S., and also from their countries. And we just think that that's just the most amazing thing because in this little, uh, this, well, it was a big school, but a little town, we were able to learn about so many different cultures. And that really mm -hmm. gave us a better perspective on life as we went out into the world and then realized that, you know, others didn't have that. So um, uh, pardon me for, for stepping in, but you were talking about sexism and um, also we were talking about culture, but I just wanted people to get an idea of what it's like. Since I'm a more minority, we're, we're considered here a minority in the U.S. and also a woman. <laughs> so I just wanted the listeners to hear as well the, the challenges that sometimes comes. And then as you were saying, especially as a woman with confidence. So, you know, that the whole confidence is not, um, the, the women are not brought up to learn confidence or to have confidence or to be confident. And so would you be able to explain a little bit more about that and how that how you were able to overcome, I, I think you were a visionary, but how you were able to overcome a lot of all of the things that you faced as a, a young person and how that really followed you into the situations that you had in your life and to where you're at now. Well, great question. Thank you for asking. It's... I think that I never noticed, actually, um, that there was apartheid going on okay. until I was nine, because the, the the nuns never talked about that. You know, they would, I guess they were very protective, and they also walked their walk. You know, they, they taught what it was like to treat everyone equal so and wonderful. just respect everyone. Yeah. And... I remember there was that incident in the Olympics where Zola Bud, who was a South African 17-year-old runner, um, she was competing competing against Mary Decker, who was the American favorite. And um, she actually got British citizenship. South Africa was excluded from the Olympics because of apartheid, um, because they wouldn't send non-white uh, athletes to the oh. Olympics. No, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, it's wow. And and the, the so the um Olympic organizers obviously said, well, if you're not going to do that, then you you can't participate because it is a very inclusive thing. Um. So, anyway, Zola Bad had British citizenship, and under the British citizenship, she was able to compete, Good. but. A lot of South Africans were rooting for her. So one day I was in class and um, one of my classmates, they were all discussing how um, there was an incident between Zola Bud and Mary Decker where Zola Bud accidentally tripped Mary Decker and then Mary Decker had pulled a muscle, couldn't continue. She lost the hope of a gold medal. And Zola Bud, the South African 17-year-old, she... Uh, 
I don't know what her injury was, but she carried on until the end. And um, everyone was, had been, not everyone, but people were rooting for Zola Bud. So I came home and said to my mom, but why, why are you not supporting Zola Bud, but these classmates are? And she said to me, because this is the apartheid system and there may be non-white runners just as good but they they didn't have the opportunity to go to the olympics and because she's white she did and we can't support a system that discriminates like that okay so um you know that having been the case and she she explained to me and she recalls it i said but that's so unfair and um, then I I kind of realized what was going on outside, but it wasn't going on in our school. Um, and it wasn't when I went to after school activities, it was usually play dates with friends and it didn't matter oh. what color they were. We, oh, you so know, everyone felt the same. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's excellent. So what, what do you feel that, after after school was it some type of shock when you went out into the world and learned something different well it was in a sense um see when I was 17 and I was in grade 11 which was just the year before I finished school that and um Nelson Mandela, as we call him, Madiba, he um, was released from prison in 1990. So 1994 was our first democratic elections, and there was a moving towards that time. So in 1992, what was done was that there was, um, they wanted to integrate the different race groups and so on. Now you must remember, mm -hmm. there were different schools for different race groups. Okay. So I was part okay. of um, my school was multiracial, so all the different schools in the area, there were white schools and Indian schools and black schools, and they were invited to my school, and I was part of facilitating this conversation where the kids could get together and just talk and say, oh, wow, I didn't know this about you, I didn't know, you know, and just see that they could communicate, which firstly for me was very uh, interesting it was really you really don't know how to communicate with people of other races mm -hmm. and because it was so natural for us at our school and then you know the so that we we went for that trajectory and um you know realized that okay we're, we're integrating now and people are learning and after I was finished school in um 94 uh, that was the year after school. So the first democratic elections happened. And I also happened to be 18. It was the first elections I could vote in. Um, but it was also the first elections my parents had ever voted in because they were oh. not like South Africans. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it was amazing. There was this feeling. First, people thought we were going into a civil war. And then the tolerance and the just, I guess, the love and the hope, it just all came together. And it was an amazing feeling. And, um, you know, so so I experienced that. But then going out into the world, I also experienced how people were ignorant. They they'd communicate in a certain way that might be a bit hurtful or just not knowing. And I guess we all have to learn. We're all ignorant in some way. So and we gave so each other the space for that, I guess. Yeah, that's so, it's so lovely, your perspective, because it's almost like, for me, it's almost like a, like either an insider looking out or an outsider looking in, in a way, because it's so different from what was happening during the time. And also, it's a very rich experience as well, because you were able to have these opportunities during this time. So um, please tell us a little bit more now about how you came to be where you're at. You had mentioned Akashic Records and how does one even know what it is and, and how they're able to be a reader of the Akashic Records and what are they? 
Would you be able to share that with the listeners? Yes, I'd love to, Bella. So I'll tell you the story of what led up to it. Um, I had been tutoring school children at the time. It was 2013. Mm-hmm. And I guess it wasn't a, a particularly happy time. I mean, in some ways it was. Um, my dad had crossed over to the other side in 2008. So it was when one loses a loved one who's so close to one, there's a new way of learning to be. And um, so I had been tutoring school children and um, I had noticed that there was this, my, my right breast was bigger than my left. Oh. And a lot of women have experienced something like that. Yes. And I, I come from a medical family and I just kind of explained it away. Well, maybe it's that time of month, maybe, you oh. know, and, and I was aware, but not really aware enough. And then... I, one weekend, um, I went to a corseteer and, you know, corseteer is someone who um, custom makes a bra. I'm four foot 11 and a half and I happen to have a bigger chest than the retail stores think I should have Mm. (laughs) or the manufacturing companies. So I very seldom get a bra to fit me um, just off the shelf. So I was in this corseteer's shop and he was measuring me and he said, can I, can I put my hand there to whatever it was he wanted to do? And I said, yes. And as he did that, he says to me, I want to ask you a loaded question. I said, yes. And he went, when last did you have a mammogram? And now there are all these these red flags going up because I know what I know and he's saying this and he's a man and I'm inside I'm thinking if a man can notice this um, obviously something something's the matter Mm. and I I thanked him and I was genuinely grateful that he said something. Um, I went home and I started diagnosing myself. I Googled and I know how to diagnose, um, you know, uh, conditions. So I was busy Googling and I found what I thought it was. And it, I was right. It was a fibroadenoma in my breast. But at the time I had reached that conclusion There were two weeks left for our annual girls empowerment event. Um, And I thought, no, I'm going to be focused and I will do something straight after the event. I'm not saying that was wise, but in my head, it made sense at the time. Yeah. (laughs) So straight after the event, it was a Saturday night and I actually phoned, um, or was it, it was the Sunday I phoned, um, uh, physician uh gp who was i know that she had worked in the hospital where my dad had worked and i just said to her look i think this is a fibroadenoma i had never consulted a a, a doctor a normal gp other than my dad and so she said well um why don't you come in let's confirm this i came in had the ultrasound all of that confirmed it and I had been right and but it was so big it was a growth the size of a lemon and that was what actually got me to the point of realization of real awareness where it had to be removed by excision and I thought to myself well how does someone four foot eleven and a half not notice a growth the size of a lemon in her breast And then for the first time in a long time, I got in touch with me and I thought, what's going on? So I realized this is not making me happy. Um, I need to change my career path. And now I so Mm. crave spirituality. Yes. And then, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Um, I had been... I had been um, hearing the term Akashic Records, and if you ask me from where, I don't know. It was just when I Googled things on the side. And um, one day I was on hold on a phone call with a bank, and I was just clearing my inbox while being on hold. 
and I thought, wow, what what did I subscribe to? And yeah. I opened it an email, and here it is. A woman was going to be on the radio talking about or podcast talking about Akashic Records. And she was a teacher of, you know, teaching people how to read the Akashic Records. So it was at a human time because she she was American. So uh, as you know, the time difference is yes. significant. Um, and I went on the radio, listened to her, and I might have asked her a question and realized I wanted to take this course. So I did take it. Um, it just opened a lot of things up for me. And I learned what the Akashic records were. So just so everyone who's who's listening understands, Akashic records are a record of the soul's journey, past, present, mm. and future. Okay. Now, in our earthly realm, we see past, present, and future, but they're just constructs. You know, it's it's not really something that really exists. So we give meaning to it. Um, so it's your soul's whole journey. And you can actually tap into that and get guidance for your current life to empower you. Um, so if you wanted to make a decision or if you, um, you know, wanted to know anything from relationships, finances, health, whatever it was, right, um, you could ask for guidance about that and uh, an Akashic Records reader could could guide you just based on asking for wisdom divine wisdom from your record keepers guides teachers loved ones on the other side and other heavenly beings who guide you so and and the the guidance will come and you can use that to empower you in this life mm. and that's that's why you'd um want to access the akashic records yeah that's a short version yeah <laughs> thank you Thank you for explaining that. And for for the listeners, what would they need to do in order to have their records read? Or is it something that they could, through guidance, uh, get on their own about their themselves? Well, I believe that all of us come into this lifetime um, with with the uh, ability to read the Akashic records to be able to tap into that divine wisdom. That's what it is. But I also know that through our indoctrination, you know, the village that raises us believes for whatever reason, their own spiritual beliefs. And um, we gradually take that on for the most part. Most people do. And it's it's they're, they're very well-meaning beliefs. I mean, our parents, our teachers, the village that raises us, they want us to be protected. They want right. us to be spiritually guided. Um, and we get these beliefs. And for so many of us, it's educated out of us that you will believe in this and yes. that, that other stuff is not there. Um, so I believe that's why we, we um, sort of, uh, I won't say lose that ability, but we feel that we've lost that ability. So to respond to your second question, um, I, I did reconnect to that ability by taking a course and I became a certified Akashic Records reader. And um, clients would, you know, they, they'll come to me and um, say they want their records read and we get together on Zoom or in person and um, they have a reading and it can go up to 50-50 minutes okay. and they have their records read. But I also um, teach people, uh, I, I run a course on teaching people how to read the, how to read oh, the Akasha wow. records themselves. So it depends what they're looking for. That's amazing. I I didn't realize that it is um, not necessarily easy, but there is a way. And I didn't realize that everyone can. So that's such a mystery. And you're making it available for people to do on their own, which is unbelievable that we could do that for ourselves. And where would someone start? If Say somebody's not a believer or say someone's mm -hmm. very, very new at this, 
or say somebody is so much into, I would say the 3D world that they're not trusting or unknowing or not sure about the 5D and, and how to even get to that point. What would something be that they could do right now Mm -hmm. on their own? I love that question. What is something they could do right now? Because I'm a a firm believer of someone having a technique to use in the now. So the first thing I'd say is if you feel that, well, I don't know, I'm skeptical, but I know there's something out in the great beyond, um, we to connect to that is to connect to you, that deepest part of you. Yes. And people translate that in different ways. They can call it um, your heart, your center, God within, source within, um, your higher self, whatever works for their beliefs. You know, it it doesn't matter what you call it. So it's, it's getting quiet and aligning with that. So how do we do that? We give ourselves maybe five minutes of just silence and Maybe our minds are busy. So I'd say to get into that space, go into, I I teach my unbecoming process. And um, one of the five building blocks is, and I know it's, I can't go into all that right now, but Mm -hmm. one of the five building blocks is gratitude. So start with listing what you feel gratitude for in this moment. And it's not, listing something that you're supposed to that you're thinking of it's about feeling yeah so right in the now I am grateful to be connecting with you better genuinely that is what I feel and that's something I I would feel that too yeah and in me as well and and Haseen Haseem and I we found each other Hasina and I found each other online so you know there's a great opportunity through technology that we can find people and in all different time zones and all different backgrounds and all different cultures, countries, and connect with them. There, it's just that easy and that it possible. So for people to reach out and to be open to share with other people who they are, that's also another good way that we can show gratitude in the moment too because we were sometimes in our little tiny world and if things aren't going right I always say that that's the best thing because you know what you don't like and then you can be thankful for the things that you enjoy that you do like that you do have and that you want to go towards so I know for me (laughs) I know for me, gratitude helped me every single day. And similar to you, as a child, I thought, oh, you know, I because my my mom would say, eat everything on your plate. She'd always say that. And she did. she, She made sure that we got the right portion and good food. And I'm always grateful for that because we didn't grow up on snacking Americans here we like our snacks (laughs) we like our snacks and and the non-foods but um that too is also something that's conditioned I think Mm -hmm. a lot of our emotions go around food especially here in the U.S. I don't know how it is through the rest of the world and we can get lost in ourselves through food or any other types of addictions And so that's one of the things that I was very grateful for through my, my transitions, I would just say my transitions, my challenges that I, I never felt like I needed to be in an addiction, but I know that a lot of people do fall into that and gratitude is how people get out of it too, because they have their beautiful life that's waiting for them once they become well. So um, can you can you tell us what the program is called again and why you called it that? Because I think that's really important. Yeah. Okay, so um, 
Well, this is based on on my soon-to-be-published book, The Truth Walker's Journey, The Unbecoming of Who You Are Not. So it's just unlayering so that you can get to um, your core, that deepest part of you that I just spoke about. Um, And I call it the unbecoming process because often we think we want to become something but it's really we come into the world worthy we have everything we need um just spiritually just um mind body spirit we have everything we need and um we're we're able to um uh manifest and just feel a sense of abundance and again you know we take on the fears and securities of the the fears and the insecurities of the village that raises us so unbecoming who you're not um i teach the unbecoming process and it's it's uh, if to explain it simply it's a way to raise your vibration so when we go into the gratitude then we're actually once we list five things that we actually feel not what we're supposed to say like i'm grateful for my family and this and that in the moment you may not be grateful for that but in the moment, you may be grateful for your heartbeat or something yes. as simple as breathing. So <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I was grateful for everything. Yes. And and as you said, sometimes it's difficult to find something, but there is always something, even for the and, new day. <laughs> right. And, you know, when you go into only that which you feel, you can raise your vibration. Not that that you're supposed to say everything you're supposed to that does nothing for you because you don't believe it you don't feel it so if you feel that gratitude you get to a bit of a higher vibration and then you can connect maybe you choose to meditate or you just choose to listen to um something that's inspirational on youtube or um something like that so as you raise your vibration you're getting to a point where you can say all right how can I connect to that deepest part of me which we can also call intuition which we can also call um you know where where we're where we feel in alignment we feel like this is what I know this is what I feel and you feel you're in that space of um just being within being in your heart and that's where you start by being. So I would say the first, the exercise that you asked me about, what can I do in this moment if I don't know what I believe? Give yourself some physical space and some mental space to connect. It can even be in your car before you do the shopping when there's no one with you and you're doing right. the grocery shopping. Right. Like maybe uh, you work with women. So I'll just say maybe you're a yeah. mom or a sister or whatever, you know, you're sitting in your car and give yourself five minutes before you get out and take your journal and make your list of what you genuinely feel gratitude for. And then just connect, just be in your heart. There's no special thing to connect, but it gets you closer to being in alignment where your thoughts are matching being in your heart. Your words are matching that. Your actions are matching that. When you go into the supermarket and you're paying, the person at the till is ringing up your items and um, you can see that they're not having a good day or something. You can say, is this a long day for you or wish them a good day? And it changes the whole energy of the space. So that's how you can do right right in one moment. Yeah, that is so lovely. And the the unbecoming, is that what you said? The unbecoming process, yes. Um, that's very much what I teach as well because we're so conditioned with things that take us away from who we are and take us away from that deep connection within self. So when I learned about intuition, um, not necessarily learn about intuition, but it was more of the, it was more of the, I guess, the higher vibration. And also for me, it was for the clairs. So people have heard of clairvoyance. Can you explain a little bit more of that, the higher vibration, being in alignment, um, being more centered with who you authentically are? how we were designed, how beautifully we're made, 
and how we can harness the abilities of the Claire's just by being in tune with who we are and our intuition. Are you able to talk a little bit about that? Yes. So there are normally people have heard of, like you said, clairvoyance. Um, Clairvoyance is when you can, some people can physically see auras. I'm not one of those people. And when when I say I'm not one of those people, I may be able to see it. I'd love to see auras. And I believe we all have that ability. So, you know, when I'm ready to tune in and um, maybe believe it more fully then because we all go through that um, then I'd be able to tap into that so that that's clear audience so um, clear I mean that's sorry that's clairvoyance right it's about seeing now clear audience is about hearing sometimes people feel that they can hear the voice of divine guidance whether it's from angels if you believe in angels, you you know, it might come through to you in the form of, you'll say, my guardian angel gave me this message. Um, some people don't believe in angels and it will come through in a way that they define it, you know, that divine guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get uh, clear. Okay, so I went through clairvoyance, clear audience. Um, you get uh, clear sentience so where you can feel something. Um, perhaps, and this is where um, a lot of people describe intuition. Um, so I would say it's a tiny part of that where you can physically maybe feel feel something. Maybe you get goosebumps or, mm. um, you know, you just tap into that feeling. And then you get you know, clear. It's cut. interesting that you mentioned that because I recently didn't know that Like I feel emotions in a certain way, but now that I'm more in tune with my body, I could feel my body vibrating, not, not physically vibrating, but like inside just that, like, it's not exactly tingling. I I don't know how to describe it, but I I have a a feeling, especially when it's like a deep feeling or somebody's explaining something and I feel, and now I know what it is. And similar, yeah, similar to um, what I thought was sadness, but when I've had energy work done on me, it's actually joy. (laughs) So it feels like like a welling, and then it just expresses itself in in tears. So I was so confused. I was like, "That's so weird. What is this? I don't know what it is." But I actually did, and it was joy. I identified it. Somebody was talking about my grandma, and that same feeling started coming up and the tears, and that's when I knew it was joy. So it's interesting that you're mentioning this because I think a lot of people may have certain feelings that they don't exactly know how to identify, either that or because they don't believe in it or they never heard about it, and they get freaked out which I think happens to a lot of people. And when they tell me certain things, especially like like how you were saying, sometimes we get messages and like the angel numbers come up, all of the repeating numbers or that type of thing. Or um, my friend, she sees birds all the time Mm -hmm. and they're, they're around her or they come very close to her even when she's in her car. And so those type of things can also be messages as well. So we we there's no need to freak out about it for the listeners and, yeah. and just pay attention to it. And then you'll start learning a pattern and the pattern might be different for you. It might not be something that you look up on the internet or other people have found, you know, that this means this you know, in their dreams or, or in their visions, it's whatever it is for you. So I think yeah. what what she was saying was that when we're in tune with ourselves, then we'll really have a knowing of what it means. But to be in that space of connectedness, it's so important that we don't get freaked out and we don't 
let other things in, like other people tell us we're crazy or something like that, that we really just, you know, take it in, notice and, and just be, and then we connect better. We get better at noticing and we get better at actually seeing what the meaning is for us. And then we'll start noticing other things as well. So, um, so Hasina, go, go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I love what you said about the clear sentience because, um, you know, that, that's a great place to start when you talked about people getting freaked out or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we all feel it. Like there are times when someone says something to you or you watch something on TV or um, you read something and you feel maybe a tightness in your throat or your chest or, you know, you're in your tummy and um, if you really pay attention, you know, those are signs that's whatever you want to call it, but you, you're right. getting a physical sign that this is how I feel or, you know, um, it, things like that. So I think that's the simplest way for people to realize it's not a freak me out thing because we all know those feelings. When you're yes. nervous, sometimes you yeah. get a feeling stomach butterflies they call them that's the simplest way it's it's not that you're tapping into something that is so otherworldly this isn't there is nothing that is otherworldly that's where we come from so that's why we get these these kinds of signs okay I love the way you describe that yeah and I do want to come back to the Claire's but I also want to just say that it's important for us to not um okay um for for a lot of people who feel strongly and they do figure out what these things are for them to not um probably not not for them to understand that it's not only their feelings but it could be something in the room something that's going on something that's going on with somebody else, um, the environment, that vibration that's happening within the world because we are all tapped in and not to get freaked out about that too, but to be able to get to the point where they can figure out, is this mine or is this someone else's that I'm Um, feeling, right? Yes, I I definitely believe because we can tap into a lot of different energies. You walk into a room and the energy changes and you feel everyone, the collective energy. Um, You know, it's the same as like when I do an Akashic Records reading for an individual, um, you know, having an individual client as opposed to having um, a, a a group, you know, where I do a collective reading for a group or just for the world in general, um, because sometimes I do those on Facebook. And it's important to realize collective energy is very different to your individual energy because you're interacting with a whole lot of different energies. Yes. And that's such yes. a great question, Bella, where you said, is it mine? Um, because we need to be able to um get back to the core of who we are what is mine and who am i and how do i feel in this moment yes so yeah that's a very good thing yeah oh that's beautiful the way you describe it yes i i feel like that's what's confusing for a lot of people and i also feel that's confusing for women because they're brought up to be attentive and to care, um, I mean, we naturally have that nurturing about us, but to be there for other people and they don't get connected enough with themselves to know that they need to be connected with themselves. And then they get confused, you know, is this the right thing to do? Or I don't feel this is the right thing to do, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm told to just, you know, be strong and, and keep moving on. And that whole, uh, the whole saying, I don't agree with it, um, you know, have the fear and do it anyway. And, you know, all of those things, I feel like that can lead us in the wrong direction. And especially when we're not feeling good about that decision 
I, I always tell my clients, then don't do it. Even if you're not sure, then don't do it quite yet until you do feel sure. And that comes with knowing yourself and being connected with yourself and taking the time to be connected with yourself. So I think that's a beautiful way that we can do something now as what she also said about the um, the gratitude and being in the moment. And then, yeah, I'd love to come back to the Claire's because that's just so yeah. interesting for people to know that they exist, not to mm-hmm. get freaked out and to notice and, and also know that it's not all them, but it could be that they're able to sense something so much that they could save somebody from something imminent, something that's coming or something that they need to take action on that they're not doing. And they can come in, not to say that, you know, you need to be a savior for everybody, but there are times where it's helpful to know yourself well enough and know what your senses are and what the meanings are for them. So that's, I love to learn about the Claire's a little bit more. And I love your perspective on them as well. So um, go, go right ahead. <laughs> oh, well, well we, we talked about the, the, I think there's just one clear we didn't talk about. So we talked about the, the clairvoyance, clear audience, clear sentience. And the fourth clear is clear cognizance, yeah. where maybe you just know something that you didn't know before. It's like a download, sort of. Um, this happened to me when when my dad crossed over and I hadn't really tapped into my spiritual side but it was almost I think a few days after I knew things about the other side which I hadn't known and I didn't know the term clear cognizance I learned it later and I realized that it was a download and there wasn't any time that I could say oh that download happened now or it happened back then exactly just a knowing and then I think if we make that little connection to what you were speaking about it it goes into intuition so intuition (laughs) is where you feel something or you know something but there doesn't seem to be any 3d solid evidence for it but you just know it and it's so important to um, act on that and like you said, it's not it's not necessarily for a purpose of well, um, if I do this, I will save other people because right. then yeah. not going to be able to tap in. You know, you've got That's to interesting. Become- yes, the, the motivation <laughs> of tapping in. Yeah, that's yes. important. Mm-hmm. The deepest intention, you be completely um, sort of connected, just what you were saying about being in tune with yourself and the intuition comes and that in itself is divine guidance. I was once on the phone um, when Wayne Dyer used to years ago do his radio show and I said, what's the difference between the power of intention and intuition? And he said to me, well, um, the power if the power of intention is... Um, you speaking to God, like, and if you don't like the word God, you can just say, you know, you're going to your deepest intention within. And he said, intuition is God speaking to you. So it's like that deepest part of you within speaking to you and yes. guiding yes. you, saying to you, don't go there or make that phone call now or right. just go to that shop. You have no idea why, but, you know, eventually the dots are connected and you think oh I wouldn't have even met that person if I hadn't gone in exactly yeah exactly and I think that's so important that you mentioned that because sometimes um I I know it's it's western way of thinking you know oh it didn't go the way that I wanted it to go and that's not always the way that life works in fact most of the mm-hmm. time, the way life works, it doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go, but it goes in the way that it is divinely led to go to get you to where you need to go so that you are able to be more in tune with yourself and more aware of your your inner being, your inner wisdom, your inner being, your inner knowing. And yeah. um, oh my goodness, I would love to talk more, but I... I <laughs> I think it's almost time, but I do want to share just quickly about claircognizant 
uh, I believe I am claircognizant and I didn't realize that until I focused one year on intuition. And in that year, I got the message of um, COVID coming, but it didn't come like that, right? It just was yeah. the message. And the message was there will be a mass wiping out of the old and the sick. And that was it. That's all I got. And in the morning, I, when I woke up, I was I was devastated. I was in tears. I was afraid. And then I remembered that my friend told me that there are celestial beings. There are beings that are there for us and supporting us and will yeah. step in when the time is necessary. So when COVID finally came around, it was probably like four months later, I knew what it was. And that was the year that I became more connected with myself than ever because I knew that, it, you know, that it was just going to be and there wasn't anything that I could do to control it and that I needed to become closer to myself, knowing of myself so that I can share with the world how they can as well. And I love our topic today. I love our conversation and um oh and then and then it's just in the knowing and then people thinking that we're crazy so <laughs> so uh it's fine for you to reach out to us we know that you're not crazy we know that it's something that's meant to be and the way that we are beautifully created and for women mm -hmm. out there i hope that you find this very enlightening because the divine the divine feminine essence is all about this. It's all about creativity, imagination. And we as women can whip up something out of nothing. And that is the best thing. You know, it's the magic that we have from within. We have all mm -hmm. the, the solving seemingly for everybody else, but sometimes not for ourselves. And that's why mm -hmm. it's so important that we're so connected from within. So Anyhow, Hasina, it's been such a pleasure. I will definitely love to have you come again. And uh, it will, oh, so my my final question is for you, since this is the Be Limitless podcast, it comes from being seen. So be seen, be heard, be limitless. Please tell us what limitless means to you. Oh, I love that. Limitless means that you know that um, you are on the journey of going to your next evolutionary level. Um, just being that that you're on the journey of your highest potential and you don't know that yet. Being limitless means that you see possibility and you see that there is a path forward that you may not recognize in the moment, but it is there and that you're able to surrender to the fact or surrender to um, just uh, the idea that there is possibility, if nothing else, if you don't even believe it at that moment, that's the beginning of being limitless. And then having that possibility open up and um, just following the path, connecting within and following your guidance um, to your to your next level. Mm, that feels so good. And you know, the the being uh, I guess connected with the clear sentient also is I feel like I can breathe better when I hear you speak. It's like. <gasps> this lifting and opening so uh -huh. thank you so much it was beautiful and i agree we might not always know and know that you don't always need to know and that was one of the things that i always share is embrace mystery and be be in in the enjoyment of the journey because that's where we're gonna grow and i call it go and glow flow right yeah that's the only way that we're gonna do it is if we come into a healthy relationship with ourself and a deeper knowing that we have that wisdom from within so oh yeah. thank you so much dear and we hope to see you again
Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. So thank you, Bella. Okay, you have a beautiful day. And for the listeners, <laughs> I had to make that sound because sometimes it doesn't come up. But um, yeah, we love you. And, and you need to love yourself as well. And we're sending all the, the good vibrations and the good energy to all of you. Okay. All right. Ciao. Thank you. Thank you so much, lovelies, for another wonderful episode of the Be Limitless with Bella Bliss podcast. We hope to see you next time. And as always, be seen, be heard, and be limitless. All right. Well, ciao for now. And we'll see you in the next show.